0: Hey guys, so welcome back to the podcast. I am your host, Joshua Unix, and today we're just going to get into something really, really small before the podcast, before the big podcast comes out tomorrow about free agency. But I want to take the next, like what, 15, 20 minutes and talk about the Atlanta Hawks San Antonio Spurs trade. Why? Because I believe this is actually a trade. That is very, very important because you saw what was in there. It does not only benefit the Hawks, but it actually benefits the Spurs too. And even teams that were not even a part of the trade. And just as a side note, guys, I am trying this on um, a different device for the voice recording and stuff. So if it sounds different in the podcast, that is why. But yesterday, what... Yesterday, it was like in the afternoon or something. I don't know what time. I don't care what time. It was probably around the afternoon, like around 12 1 2, somewhere around that time for me. And it was announced that the Hawks made a trade for DeJounte Murray. Now, since the NBA Finals, once that concluded, that's when we started to pick up more and more on on the DeJounte Murray news, right? So, Murray. Was always in the conversation because the Spurs' ultimate plan was the tank. Because it blew people away that the Spurs were actually doing it. I'm gonna get into that in a bit because in some ways there's a neutrality part in it, but it there's pros and cons to it, but it actually benefits them and it hurts them at the same time. I'm gonna get that, but I'm gonna get to that in a bit, but we're gonna worry about the Hawks right now because it gets really interesting. And here's the interesting part. Is that Murray is now able to be seen as a better basketball player. What do I mean by that? Well, now he's not stuck in some San Antonio team. or that A, was looking to move off of him. And B, that weren't even going to get 30 to 40 wins this season anyways. Or even looking at last season, they didn't perform that well. As what many might have expected or should have expected, right? No one was taking them to be a Poff contending team, not even a playing contending team, right? But this episode is just going through DeJounte Murray, the trade, why it benefits the Hawks and the Spurs, and even teams that weren't even included inside a trade. That may sound insane, but there's a reason behind my madness. There's an answer behind my madness. And with that being said, let's jump right into the trade. And the trade is actually fairly simple. Just a uh, team-to-team trade. It was pretty much just like a, f- like a few picks and a player. It's not bad. So here we go. So the deal includes the Hawks trading Gallinari and multiple first-round picks to Spurs for Jonte Murray. Plus, in there was a future pick swap. And the future pick swap, if I remember correctly, was in the year 2026. So for for the Spurs, they received a 2026 pick swap, a 2023, 2025, and 2027 first-round pick. That is huge. Why? Because if you've been diving into this a little more, if you've been hearing from this, the different uh, analytical guys, experts out there, whatever it may be, or you came across something online, whatever the case may be, you would know that the Spurs are loaded with first-round picks. It is like the method of the uh, Oklahoma City Funder with all those first-round picks. The Spurs, I believe, have nine first-round picks. That's nine first-rounders in the years to come. So you may be saying, wow, why would he give up DeJounte Murray for picks that would extend all the way out to 2027? And it was only free, well, four if you include the pick swap, but I'm not going to include that right now. The reason why that's such a huge deal is because this. They're in a rebuild mode. We know that. They're tanking. Greg Popovich or signed off on that. The ownership have signed off on that. Everyone's in agreement that they're tanking and they're going to tank hard. So why not take all your first round draft picks, all your second round draft picks, combine them together, go into great draft classes ahead for if it was like 2023, 2024, 2025, 2026 and beyond draft classes, see who you can bit a bit Get and build from the ground up because I've seen a lot of reaction on my page on Twitter and everything else on, on people freaking out. Like, why would the like? Why would the Hawks give up so little for Jante Murray? Right? They saw the Spurs made it like a really really bad call because Jante Murray is a really really good basketball player. So there was a lot of confusion around there and it was also taking into perspective for the Phoenix Suns why didn't Phoenix go into that Not as simple not as simple as many people may want the peer. Right because Gallinari, he's a decent basketball player. So you're probably like, why couldn't we give up Andrew Shaman? Why couldn't we give up this part? And I'm just using Shaman as an example piece. I don't know if it would fit. I'm just using him as an example. And you're like, we have we could give up some cash, we give some draft picks, we could have done all of that. Again, we could have. James Jones really does not build through the draft. He even admitted that we've seen that, but you still need to have those draft assets for later trades or if you do see a good player through scouting in the upcoming years. But hold on, take the Suns out of it. I'm going to backtrack to the Hawks, then I'm going to get back to Spurs. Not trying to make this confusing, but I'm going to get back to the sole intent of this episode talking about the Hawks primarily. Why? Because now this should really excite fans. If you're from Atlanta and this is going to excite you, it has to. Because this is a new backcourt. Gallinari was not as talented as uh, Murray. That is undeniable. Uh, you cannot deny that. If you deny that, then you're an idiot. Because Murray is a better defender. Is a better playmaker Eh, I don't know. He's a better shooter. He's able to do things better than uh, Gallinari. It's been proven. His athleticism is better. His speed is better. Murray is just a better basketball player. And this is a guy that's been improving since he's gotten in the league since 2016. Each season, you've been seeing that improvement. Gallinari makes incremental improvements, If any. If any. So Murray improves significantly each year, and he's coming off a twenty-one point, uh, twenty-one point season, where it was like twenty-one points, eight rebounds, and nine assists per game. He's a playmaker. He's a better playmaker than Gallinari. I just fact checked myself. That's another reason why he's better. So for the Hawks, this is gonna give him a revolutionary back, uh, backcourt. Why? Because now it takes the pressure off of Trey Young. Now, now teams will have to try to strategize better. Okay, well, wait a minute. We got Trey Young here. We just can't cover him. We can't double-team him because now you're going to have Hunter open or you're going to have Collins open or you're going to keep Capella open or Murray's going to be open. And you can't leave Murray open because this guy would drain it whether he's contested or, more frighteningly, open. That is without fail. That is without fail. So, teams now have to strategize for that. So, now if you got a deadly backcourt, you're going to have one of the top backcourts in the league. Because not only did you add Murray, but now you're just building off the talent of Trey Young, speaking only in the backcourt, because now you have two dynamic playmakers and shooters. And their abilities are going to increase are going to get stronger, and this is just, from an offensive standpoint, going to get even sweeter. It just is. This backcourt, in my opinion, if it plays out how we're all fantasizing at the B, will be a top five backcourt. And that is a guarantee, without hesitation. Why? Because Murray and Young pair well together. Young wants this. Trey Young wanted this. Because he knew how great DeJounte Murray is. How he was last season. And how he is. And how he will always be in the future. Because Nate McMillan could take the abilities, the capabilities of DeJounte Murray. Greg Popovich couldn't. Now he's going to be able to take it higher. If you saw... 21 points a game is what he could just only average. That's not his ceiling. That's that's just the beginning. This is a guy that went from six points a game to 21 points a game. That's why you develop these guys out. Greg Popovich did a did a good development with him. But now Nick McMillan's going to take him to the next, next, next level. It is just that scary. Again, the backcourt is going to be a lot scarier, and I get it. Points may decrease, things may decrease, but wait a minute. Trey Young last season had 28 points, four rebounds, and ten assists if we're rounding up. Guys, that that's scary. And you're gonna add in uh, DeJounte Murray. You're gonna add in DeJounte Murray? Teams are hosed. Like they're they're done for. And these two guys are hitting over 30% from uh, from beyond the arc. Come on. And you know the NBA is a three-point co- game now. It's pretty much just a three-point contest each game. Those two thrive beyond the arc. Just beyond deep. Like, they thrive there. They also thrive on the inside. They can shoot it from anywhere. Try Young is shown that, So has Jande Murray. Now... Moving away from the offensive side of Atlanta. What about their defensive game? What about their defense has improved? Now, you may be saying to yourself, well, nothing much because all we've been talking about is the offensive talents of DeJounte Murray. Wait a minute. But a clear winner in all of this, if we had to pick a winner or loser, we would not be putting the Hawks' defense in the losing category of this trade. It'll actually be the winning category. Why? Because Murray is an excellent defender that's just getting better. He actually plays defense. He's there in the passing lanes. He's Both on and away from the ball. And he can play that excellent. He doesn't have to be in front of the ball to be a good defender. He doesn't have to be away from the ball to be a good defender. He's combined his game of being on and off the ball. And able to do things that make any offense player, good or bad, scared. That is legit a fact. Because here's the thing. His length gives him just... Stick uh, Let me be honest with you guys. His life is just scary good because that would make his life that would make some power ratchets. What makes him so dynamic on defense? That's why he's able to clog up the passing lanes. That's why he's able to take on bigger defenders. That's why he's so disruptive because he's able to take on point of attack assignments and just. Demolish guys, smaller, bigger uh, guards, anyone. His opponents can't, can't do anything. He's a skilled defensive player. That's been proved unequivocally. It's just been proved. It's proved. He's just relentless. He wears down offenses. Like this guy, there's no quitting him. He doesn't back off. This guy is amazing. This dude is amazing. That is without fail. Come on. that That is his defensive piece right there. You have a winner, DeJounte Murray. Why do you think they gave up four picks, including the pick swap of 2026, and Gallinari, which no one's going to care for, in that trade for DeJounte Murray? Guys, they saw... A 10 point difference between Gallinari and Murray. Murray has 21 points, Gallinari has 11. Just going off last season. Come on. Going off athleticism, Murray's better. Gallinari is not a good defender. He's decent sometimes, but Gallinari's not Murray. I like Murray. I've always been on the Murray um, wagon. That is without fail. Murray is better offensively and defensively than Gallinari. Gallinari probably is not even being playing on the Spurs because I'm gonna get that in a, I'm gonna get to that in a minute. But just comparing the two players, the fan favor, the team appeal, the team favor is always gonna be Murray. That is without question. Uh, but now, hold on. Let's just take a step in the other direction. Before I touch on the Spurs, I've touched on them in a little bit. But moving away from comparing Gallinari and Murray a little bit, a little bit. Just skimming the surface, right? I'm going to go talk about other teams that are not involved in this trade. And it dawned on me till I started reading a Bleacher Report article about winners and losers of this trade. Because I wanted to see... Um, what else was happening? I wanted to see what else was happening. I wanted to see what our people's opinions were. I found out, and it was pointed pointed out amazingly, that teams were actually winning. You wanna know why? Because the Spurs are in rebuild mode. And I'm just gonna talk about the Spurs now too, cause why do I care, it's all gonna go together. The Spurs are in rebuild mode. They don't want to win because they want to tank. And the reason why you tank now is to use all your draft picks to get inside the lottery so you can get really, really good, high-efficient players in the future. So now teams that are interested in trading for other Spurs players, get ready because now they're willing to. Because thing: Gallinari, immediate bio candidate, he's gone. He is gone. You want... Uh, I think Josh Richardson is there. Yeah. You want Jacob Lout? I hope I'm saying his name right. Boom. You can get him. Because he's a rim protector. So if you need a rim protector, get Jacob. If you want Johnson, get him. They're going to start fielding offers. So just start pounding in on that. Because here's the funny part, guys. Teams we'll have a greater chance of getting these guys because the Spurs are like, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. We're tanking. Uh, the quote, the quote, whoever said this, got the blessing of Greg Popovich, I, and that's just weird, but okay. Maybe I don't get it, but we've got the blessing of Coach Pop here. They're tanking. Everyone knows that. They're going to wait to the three to four years until they can see some success, some improvement, right? So now they're going to try to tank all the way down, probably to like a 14th, 15th, just so they don't even get near. So they could just get a good draft pick or have a chance to get a good draft pick, if that makes sense. So now with that being in mind, teams now have a greater possibility of getting... Play uh players from San Antonio, which is not. What should I? I'm going. So this is not improbable. This is actually very very possible, and this is actually something very very unique that teams have to capitalize this on. Now, real quick, just because I was talking about, I'm gonna backtrack one more time. I put a poll on my Twitter account at courts heat if anyone cares. Uh, and I asked, rate the new backcourt for the Hawks in parentheses, was Murray slash young. A lot of you guys voted. And a lot of you guys voted 1 to 4. So I have four options. It was 1 to 4, 5 to 7, 8 to 9, or 10. 40% of y'all have this new backcourt 5 to 7 and that rating mix. Some, uh, 30% of y'all have it going from 1 to 4, 20% of y'all have it at 10, then 10% of y'all have it at 8 to 9. You know, that is not bad as things go. It's just not. That's actually very good. Because this a all prompts right there. I wasn't thinking about 20% giving that a 10, and I wasn't thinking about 10% giving it 8 to 9. So, that is actually something very promising Atlanta Hawks fans should be excited about because there should be a lot of extended confidence about this new backcourt, about this duo that's going to go hand-to-hand. Now, for the Spurs, they lost a piece, but they had to give up that piece so they can tank because they're probably like, okay, wait a minute. It's not going to benefit us if we keep them. It's also not going to benefit him if we keep them. So, they just wanted to part from him, which makes sense. So, now the Spurs were able to say, yo, we'll wait two to three years. We're going to tank. We're going to start tanking our guys. We're going to trade them. We're going to have the worst roster. We're going to improve so bad that we'll become the livestock the NBA. Or then we'll be able to... Really coach up his team, develop his team, when we're able to get to 2023, 2024, 2025, and all those different draft classes and drafts, that's going to be their, honey, their, that's going to be their, like, a what, uh, honey, like, I don't know what it was, a stupid expression, but that's going to be their solid finish, that's going to be their starting point, and that's going to be where guys start to get excited, so, Greg Popovich, the coaching staff, the players that are still there in San Antonio, uh, the higher-ups, the executives, the uh, whoever's in the higher-ups, even the fans know that this is going to be a rebuilding process that I apologize that, you, that well, you live in San Antonio, that's one. But two, I apologize if you guys are fans because you're going to be worse than, what, the Rockets? Pistons? You now have to say, we're worse than the Pistons. We're worse than the Rockets. Now, that's been very, very tough. And many people don't want to accept that reality. But that's a reality that <laughs> you guys going to have to accept. You guys going to have to face. But more of the story. Point of the story was that this is good. The Spurs are going to have a very talented Hopefully talented rock, but they have a bright future. Their future may be four to five years Today, they see Puff contention or even seven to eight years, and I'm not kidding. But they're gonna get somewhere. You knew this was gonna happen because the Spurs have been bad ever since Kawhi Leonard left. That is just a fact. So you know they've been treading towards rebuilding, but now it's finally there, and they're like, We gotta get this over. And Greg Popovich similarly wants to stay for this process by, and still weird, giving them their blessing, and um, staying for the long run. That is something very, very interesting, and I personally cannot wait for it because who knows what the Spurs are going to do, they're going to do this right or wrong. And with that being said, guys, like I said, very short I just want to talk about John Murray, the Hawks, the Spurs, everyone else. Teams. Um now could I have listed some teams? No, because A I don't care. And B, it's way too early to speculate. Um but yeah, quick one. It's only 23 minutes. Um I'm excited. I'm excited for John D. Murray. Love the guy. Love Trey Young. Going to be a great backcourt. And until then, guys, I'll be here for Friday's edition. Be here, too. I'll be kicking it off reviewing today's first day of free agency. If that sentence made sense. I have no idea. But you guys know what I meant. Until tomorrow, guys, I might come out one more recording today. But if not, I'll catch you guys later. See y'all tomorrow.